And I'll turn 32 in May, and then it'll be 32 and under. And when I'm 50, it'll be 50 and under. Amen? Somebody say amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. You're only as young as you feel. And I'm, I pray that's, that's the case, and I don't feel young too often. Amen? But uh, Exodus chapter number 14. And uh, thank you once again for being in the Lord's house uh, on a Sunday night. And uh, I want to give you what the Lord put on my heart. And I got uh, this chapter on my heart. And I uh, really want to zero in on one verse. We're going to be in the whole chapter or look around in the chapter. Uh, but this is a somewhat familiar portion of Scripture. Uh, we understand when we go back just a couple of chapters. God has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And uh, but when we come to Exodus chapter number 14, we are coming when the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt. We understand that they come to what we know as the Red Sea. And, and that's what we're going to look at tonight is when the children of Israel come to that Red Sea, and you recall that Pharaoh and his army are coming in uh, close behind them. And, and I want to zero in in verse number 15 of Exodus chapter number 14 and draw out a phrase from this verse and use it tonight as our thought in Exodus chapter 14 and uh, verse number 15. The Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, listen to this now, that they go forward. That they, they go forward. If the Lord be my helper tonight, I want to preach on this thought on going forward. Going forward. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight. Lord God, we do thank you one more time for me for allowing us to be in your house. Father, thank you for each one that's gathered here together tonight, Lord. I'm thankful you said in your word, where two or three are gathered together in your name, you said, there shall I be in the midst. And Father, it is our desire tonight, Lord God, that you be in our midst. Lord, thank you for the choir singing. Thank you for each one uh, that lifted up their voice in praise and honor unto you. Now, dear God, as it's come to the preaching time, I do ask you, Lord, to touch me. Don't be a fresh oil. Give me that whichever man of God stands in need of to be effective and to be of eternal use. And I pray, Lord God, tonight, may your word go forth in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, uh, Lord God, and we'll give you the honor and we'll give you the glory for what you do. In your son's holy name, we ask these things. Amen and amen. Going up forward. When I begin uh, to look at this thought of going forward, I believe you would agree with me tonight uh, that going forward should be the desire of every Christian. Amen? Right. I think about going forward should be the desire not only of every Christian, but it ought to be uh, the desire of every church. Going forward ought to be the desire of every parent. Amen? Right. Going forward ought to be the desire of every teenager. We're living in a day uh, where unfortunately a lot of people are in their walk with God are not going forward, but rather uh, they are going backwards. And we're given a warning in Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse number 23 about not going forward. He said this in verse 23 of chapter 7 of Jeremiah. But these things, this thing commit I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And ye shall be my people. And walk ye in the ways and I have commanded you, uh, that it may be well unto you. But they hearken not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsel and the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward, 
and not a forward. Can I say to you tonight, if you're not going forward, then you mark it down, you're going backwards. Amen? And I believe when we look in the day, as I've already said, uh, in the day and hour in which we live in, unfortunately what's plaguing the church, it's not us going forward, but quite the contrary, a lot of churches are going backwards. And I want to be a church tonight that is going forward. I want to be a Christian that's not uh, going backwards, but rather I'm going forward. I don't want to be a parent. Uh, that's going backwards, but I want to be going forward. I want to press toward the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus. I want to. I look. I want to look forward. I don't want to look back. Amen. Let me remind you tonight when we think about going forward versus going backwards. You do realize how important that is that you have your eyes looking forward. One of the great illustrations of that is when you look at a vehicle, you understand how big the windshield is, but you do notice on your left side you got a mirror, and on the right side you got a mirror, and you got a little bit small mirror out there in the middle, and you realize that though those mirrors are important, they're not as big as what's in front of you as the windshield is. You know why? Because what behind you is not as important as it is what's ahead of you. Amen? And we've got a lot of people, the Bible says, uh, they're talking about those that look back, uh, never inherit the kingdom goes uh, that are constantly looking back. But I'm glad to say to you tonight, I've come too far uh, to turn back now. Amen? And I believe when we look here in the text tonight, uh, we find that the children of Israel are going forward. Amen? It's a good day in our life when we leave Egypt and we begin to go toward the promised land. And let me just say this, if you're leaving Egypt and you're going to the promised land, you're not going backwards, friend, but you're going forward. You're not going downward, but thank God you are going upward for the honor and the glorifying of Christ. When we look at this, we can look at no doubt many accounts tonight from biblical examples of those that went forward, we won't for the second time, but no doubt there's plenty of places in the Bible of children of God who went forward. And I believe tonight we find a clear command in this one verse, Exodus 14, 15, about going forward. Notice in the text tonight that Jesus, God telling him to go forward, it was not a suggestion. Amen? But God is clearly commanding His people to go forward. We're here in this year, 2021, and uh, looking back at what we've come through, and, and as it was said this morning, uh, and, and when did I believe it was Brother Ray was in the prayer room or in the, in the Sunday school room, and not just what we came through in 2020, but Mount Parent as a church, all the things that uh, y'all have come through in the past, and, and in the short time that I've been here, who all the agreement, I don't want to be a church that goes backwards, but I want to be a church that's going forward. We look here, I want to give you three things tonight about going forward that I find within the text that I believe we'll find in our life about going forward. First of all, I want you to notice me about the children of Israel. I want you to notice with me their dire situation. Their dire situation. You do understand in Exodus chapter number 14, uh, they've got Pharaoh and his army are closing in behind them. And what's in front of them, they've got the Red Sea. And what looks like to be an object in front of them uh, that within of themselves they'll never cross. In front of them lays an object uh, that looks like an amount of impossibility in of themselves. And they look behind them and all they see is the Pharaoh and his army are closing in behind them. And listen to me, friend, they are in a dire situation. Why were they in a dire situation? Well, the obstacles were significant. You see, when they look back, they've got Pharaoh's army coming. When they look ahead, 
Well, they've got, listen, they've got of the Red Sea in front of them. But verse 2 tells us in chapter 14, verse 2 tells us, it said the Lord speaking to, or, or she's speaking to the children of Israel that they turned and camp before what that word is between Migdal and the sea over against Belzephon before ye shall encamp by the sea. When I began to look that up, Brother Terry, I also found out that there was not only the sea that was in front of them, there was not only Pharaoh and his army that was behind them, but on their left side, all they had was a mountain. On their right side, all they had was a mountain. Other words, they couldn't go forward because of the Red Sea. They couldn't go back because of Pharaoh and his army. They couldn't turn to the left because of there was a mountain. They couldn't turn to the right because there were a mountain. And can I say to you, what lied ahead of them was an obstacle that looked significant. And you might be there tonight. And you say, preacher, I look ahead and all I see is obstacles. I look to behind me and all I see is obstacles. I look to the left and all I see is obstacles. I, I look to the right all I see is obstacles. Can I tell you, friend, that obstacles are not maybe in your life, but obstacles will be in your life. Amen? So they find they've got obstacles. Can I say, I don't know if y'all realize this tonight, but mountains and seas are not movable objects. Anybody ever seen a mountain just get up and move? Anybody ever just seen a, a sea just get up and move? They've got obstacles that are significant. They've got an opposition that's stubborn. I mean, they've got a military army that's coming behind them. Who all would agree with me? They want to wipe them out. They want to destroy them. Verse 3 through 5 talks about Pharaoh and his army. They're closing in behind them. They're going to annihilate them. They're going to wipe them out. I remind you that Pharaoh is a picture of the devil. And who all would agree with me tonight? We do have an opposition of that is the devil. He loves to destroy our lives. He loves to wreck everything about us. He loves to hinder our walk with God. He loves to ruin our homes. He loves to ruin our marriages. He loves to ruin our children's lives. We have got an opposition. Let me say any time that you go forward, you're going to have an opposition. Amen? We find that they've got an opposition. It's stubborn. But then I also see their opportunities were shrinking. They had nowhere to go. They were shut in. And every single second that passed by, Pharaoh and his army was getting closer and closer. See, they couldn't go forward. There's the Red Sea. They couldn't go to the left. There's a mountain. Couldn't go to the right. There's a mountain. Every time they looked back, Pharaoh and his army were getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. It's amazing that what you find when God raised up Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, they were thankful for Moses. They were thankful that God had raised up Moses to be that deliverer. Isn't that amazing when you go study out the children of Israel every time they find themselves in a bad situation? You know what you found out they were ready to do? They was ready to stone Moses. They was ready to kill Moses. They look at Moses and they say something like, you brought us out here to let us die in the wilderness. 
You brothers out here, you look in the text that's before us tonight, and you'll find when this account happens, they're looking at Moses saying it'd been better had we stayed in Egypt. It'd been better had we stayed under the rule of Pharaoh. But you brought us out here. You knew this Red Sea was out here, and you brought us out here that we might die. I mean, amazing. Listen, friend, if you live by people's praise, you'll die by people's praise. Amen? Because one minute you'll be their number, they'll be your number one fan, but then one next minute they'll be your number one enemy. Amen? What minute they had Moses on a pedestal uh, praising him that he was the deliverer of the God raised up, but the very, very next moment, you know what they were doing? Uh, they were looking at Moses trying to find a rock uh, so that they might stone him. They looked at him as a enemy. I've talked to preachers, and I'll be honest, it goes both ways, but talk to preachers and talk about the same people that were there to be able to help them unpack when they moved to that city to pastor that church were also the ones that were there to help them pack up the lead. Yeah. Amen. Let me say this. It's a good day in your life when you divorce yourself from public opinion. Not just like that. Listen, if you live by applause, you'll die by applause. Amen. Because listen, there's times... Oh, when serving the Lord Jesus will be popular. Amen. And then there'll be times oh, when it's not popular to be a Christian. But let me just say, whether if you're upstream or downstream, uh, though it's popular, though it's not popular, who I would say amen tonight, it's still right to do right, even when the public opinion says opposite, when the Word of God says it's right, it's always right to do right. And if the only smile you've got in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ, you can lay your head on your pillow at night knowing that you please God. And it's better to please man or better to please God rather than please man. And I'd say I've come too far to let public opinion Tear me down, but friend, rather go on for the honor and the glorified of Christ. We're in this tonight for Christ, are we not? To bring Him honor and bring Him glory. We see their dire situation. But then we notice their desperate state. Their desperate state. If you're ever wondering if the timing's right to go forward, look at the text that's before us tonight. Their, their desperate state, looking with me at verse number 9. Verse number 9. But the Egyptians pursued after them, and all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them in camping by the sea. We're going to stop right there, amen? We see that they were overtaken. The Bible said they overtook them. You ever had an enemy to overtake you? Have you ever had the enemy to not just be close in around you, but to overtake you. I'm not talking about him being in somebody else's house. I'm talking about when he shows up at your house. I'm not talking about what you've seen him do to somebody else's marriage. I'm talking about what you've seen him do to your marriage. I'm not talking about what you've seen him do to somebody else's children. I'm talking about what you've seen him do in your own children's life. I'm not talking about what you see him do at the church up the road. I'm talking about when the enemy makes his presence known at Mount Perrin Baptist Church. Amen. I do realize that now he is a, a, a lion that's lurking. Seeking whom he may devour. You better hear me and hear me well tonight. The devil sure is licking his chops looking for somebody. Looking for somebody he might devour. They talk about them wolves that will circle the flock. And this is what they'll do, Brother Terry. They'll look for that little lamb that's lagging behind. 
That while the fold is seemingly going forward, they'll look for that little lamb that's sidetracked. That's got his eyes off of where it should be. And he's lagging behind. She's lagging behind. That wolf will wait until it seems like that, the, that it's the perfect time and then he'll swoop in. And he'll snatch that one up that seemingly lagging behind. And I say one of the reasons why we need to go forward because, mind you, now, if you're not going forward, you're a prime candidate for being overtaken. Right. Amen. If you're not going forward, if you're not making Amen. progress, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, I want to remind you tonight, if you're not going forward, then mark it down, you're going backwards. And we're living in a generation where everybody wants to stay neutral. They just want to stay comfortable. But oh, friend, if we're ever going to go forward as a church, we've got to make our mind up. There's going to be times that we're not comfortable. There's going to be times that it's not going to be easy. There's going to be times that it's going to go against the flesh. But I want to remind you tonight, if we're going to go forward, we've got to press toward the mark. We've got to put one foot in front of the other. We're going to have to get up when we don't want to get up. We're going to have to go when we don't want to go. We're going to have to do what we don't want to do. And thank God there will be times we will feel like it. But unfortunately, there's been a lot of times let's just be honest, we don't feel like going forward. I want to tell you and remind you tonight, the opposite of going forward, going backwards. I want to say I like the outcome of going forward and I do the outcome of going backwards. Amen. We say we see they were overtaken. We see they were overwhelmed. Verse 10. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Now they're afraid. I mean, they're sore afraid. They just ain't afraid, but they're sore afraid. I mean, they can see their coffin laying in the ground. They can see their burial plot right before their eyes. I mean, the devil's telling them, this is it. Uh, where's your God at now? If He loves you, where's He at? He's brought you out here that you might die in the wilderness. He's brought you out here that you might die from Pharaoh. Oh, where's your God at now? Oh, there's been times in my life, I guess it's been mountaintop experiences uh, where the Lord's presence has been known, but there's been some times in my life way right down in the midst of the valley where the Lord was not so, it seemed like it's not so nigh and His presence couldn't be felt so strong and the devil get up on my shoulder and say, where's your God at now? Oh, where is your God at now? Let me just remind you tonight, child of God, God is where God's always at. He's still on the throne. He said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. But there are times when you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. We've all heard it said the teacher's always quiet during the test. Come on now, amen. The teacher's always quiet during the test. You say it sure is all quiet in my life. The Lord's not... Speaking to me like it normally does. Anybody ever been where you prayed and you cried out to God and it seemed like your prayers didn't get above the ceiling? They were falling on death and you said, Lord, I see you answering everybody else's prayers. I see you doing this in everybody else's life. Why are you not doing this in my life? And then the devil get on you and tell you you're not one of his. He'll tell you he don't like you. He'll tell you he don't love you. And before you know it, you'll feel so overwhelmed that you're ready to quit. How many times have we been so excited on Sunday just to wake up on Monday and be so overwhelmed? We're singing the victory on Sunday. We're ready to throw in the towel on Monday. Now you to this evening. Amen. They were overwhelmed. I'll say this tonight. They were overreacting. Look at verse number 11. And they said unto Moses, because there, was, there were no graves in Egypt, 
Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word of that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we were to should we die in the wilderness. Y'all see that? Look what they're doing, Brother Donnie. I mean, they cried for 450 years that God would raise up the deliverer for 450 years in their bondage where they had a cruel taskmaster in Pharaoh for 450 years. They cried out to God that God would raise up a deliverer and now God's raised up a deliverer. He's delivered them out of Egypt and now they're standing at the Red Sea and now everything ain't going like they thought it was going to go and they're looking at Moses and said, we told you that this was going to happen. There wasn't no graves in Egypt. There wasn't nobody dying in Egypt. Now come on now, we know that wasn't true. Who all agree? in those 450 years, no doubt there were many Israelites that died. No doubt there were many burial places in Egypt. But now they're not looking at that. They're saying it was better for us, it was better for us to be in Egypt than to come out here. I realize what they're saying. They're saying that it's better to be in Egypt under the taskmaster of Pharaoh than they were being whipped where they had bondage laid upon them, where they were having to work for the day of somebody else, and for 450 years they've been crying out for deliverance. Now they've got to the place in their life that they're looking and they're saying, it was a whole lot better in Egypt. We'd been better just staying in Egypt. I mean, yeah, there were some bad days, but you know what? They weren't so bad compared to where they are now. Anybody ever overreacted? You don't believe you ever overreacted. I like to talk to your spouse. <laughs> we all like to overreact. I, I, I remember this. This is funny, but maybe it's time not to. I remember when COVID first started getting bad. I walked into Dollar General really before they started really shutting everything down. And there was a man that was toward the back and sneezed. He sneezed. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I about climbed over the counter. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm looking around thinking, oh my goodness, you know what? I, I, I was going to get a card. I was about to leave. Somebody said, I've got to leave everything behind. And I was about to go. And the lady behind the counter just asked, she said, she said, sir, with all due respect, you do realize people did sneeze before COVID. <laughs> Come on now. I know I'm telling you. Come on, I'll tell you. You know I'm telling you. But I mean, when I did that, at that present moment, I thought it was all Indian. Somebody said, I mean, I thought that was it. Amen. Anybody ever overreacted? Anybody ever found yourself being so stressed to the max? Do all the real things. You'll say things. And later on, you wish you had not said it. It's amazing. Stress will make you say things you never thought you'd say. Stress will make you do things you never thought you'd do. Stress will make you stoop to a level you never thought you'd stoop. How many marriages are in a mess tonight because of stress? Say things to their spouse. Do all agree with me when those words come out. They come out so easy. But they're so hard to take back. They're looking at Moses, who just in the next chapter, they're going to be singing about the salvation of the Lord. Right now in chapter number 14, they're ready to kill him. Chapter number 14, they're ready to stone him. Chapter number 14, they're ready to wreck his life. Chapter 15, they're going to be singing praises. Chapter 13, they're going to be singing praises. Chapter 14, they're ready to kill him. 
Amen. Does that know how it is in our life? Come on now. Your child, you won't feel so overwhelmed that will overreact. I have found in my life that when I'm overwhelmed, no to taking. It's always going to produce an overreaction in my life. Amen. You say, we see, they were overtaken, they were overwhelmed, they were overreacting. Thank God we find in verse number 27, with God's help, the enemy was overthrown. I thought I would have got somewhat of an amen right there. Amen. I'm going to back up. I'm going to let y'all redeem yourself, okay? Y'all ready for it? One, two, three. Here we go. They were overtaken. They were overwhelmed. They were overreacting. But Brother Terry, in verse number 27, God was about to overthrow the enemy. Right. Amen. That's a little bit better. Amen. <laughs> I want y'all to notice we see their dire situation. We find their desperate state. But lastly tonight, we're going to find their divine support. God, though it looked like that the odds were stacked against them. I want to remind you tonight, if you've got God on your side, the odds are not stacked against you. If you've got God on your side, listen, you're not in the minority, but thank God you're in the majority. Amen? If you've got God on your side, though the whole world be against you, the odds are still in your favor because you've got a God on your side who's never lost a battle, who's never, listen, never been defeated. He's the all-time undisputed, undeniable champion. He always has been. He always will be. And He shall be forevermore. I'm glad I read the last chapter. Our God is still an undefeated God. That's right. We find their divine support. I want you to notice, with God's help, they were able to go forward. But they didn't do it in themselves. Somebody say amen. They didn't do it in themselves. They had a God that was working for them. They were able to go forward. I want you to notice this. They were able to go forward the same way you and I are able to go forward. I don't know about y'all, but after having a year like 2020, and somewhat of 2021, I'm ready to go forward. I hope you're ready to go forward tonight. Amen. I hope you're ready. I hope you don't want to stay where you're at. I'll say this. I hope in your Christian walk that you've got a hunger and desire in your life. That you want to make a move toward God. You want to draw nigh, draw nigh to God. I've got good news. The Bible still says that if we draw nigh to God, thank God He will draw nigh unto us. We see they were able to go forward. First of all, because of the wind. The wind. Look what verse number 21 says. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. I see that? I mean, just in just a short minute, when it seemed like they didn't have nowhere to go, they didn't know what to do. They started crying out on the Lord. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord went. He blew us that heavenly wind. And you know what happened? That Red Sea began to part. The Red Sea began to divide. Can I just say to you, the same God that had wind in, in Exodus chapter number 14 is still the same God that can blow the wind in 2021. Yeah. 
Come on now. The same God that blew the wind over 2,000 years ago, He's still the same God day in the day and hour we living in. The wind can still blow. I want to say thank God I'm glad that in 2021 when everything looks like it's going crazy and everything looks like it's going out of hell I'm glad we serve a God. I thank God the wind can still blow in 2021. That's right. You don't know what the wind is. I'm glad the wind is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. I'm glad they thought they were up there on the day of Pentecost and the Bible said in Acts chapter number 2 the Bible said that a mighty wind blew. I'm glad, thank God, I'm glad for every time in my life when it seemed like it was dry and barren wasteland. I'm glad for the times that the Lord would show up and the wind would blow. Can I tell you how we're going to go forward tonight? By the wind blowing. Somebody say amen. We're going to go forward by the wind blowing. Let me say, I want you to realize tonight the early church was strictly forbidden from going forward until the wind blew. This is what the Bible says, Luke 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. You realize, however, in verse 21 of that same, in verse 21 of this chapter, the wind blew during a time Dryness, darkness, and division. You do realize that when the wind blew, in this text, it didn't blow when everything was going right. It didn't blow when everybody was singing praises on the most. It wasn't going. Listen, it wasn't the wind wasn't blowing. Oh, when the sun was setting the sky, the wind wasn't blowing. Oh, when everything was going well. But rather, when the wind blew, when it was dark, the wind blew. When it was dry, the wind blew. When there was division amongst the people of God. That's right. That doesn't mark good. And I don't know if y'all realize this or not. But the day and hour we live in, it sure is dark. Come on now. The day now we live in, it sure is dry. The day we're living in, it sure is not only dry, not only dark, but the sure does seem to be a lot of division. Come on now. It seems like this one's a man of this one, and that one's mad at that one. Of the riots in the street over this, the riots and over that. But oh, I'm glad, thank God, in the text we find when the Lord showed up and the Lord did his mighty work. It was not when everything was going well, but it was in the midst of controversy. It was in the midst of turmoil. And thank God, ain't you glad that there's a God that'll show up when everything's going wrong? Right. Right. See in the text. Verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back. And the strong east wind all that night made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. God, listen now, would y'all hear me? God appointed the darkness. Who all agree with me? God appointed the darkness. God appointed the dryness. God appointed the divisions. God has a perfect time for everything. And in the midst of the dryness, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the vision, you know what the Lord told them? It's time for y'all to go forward. It's time for y'all to go forward. Can I say, Mount Perry Baptist Church, I believe the Lord still got the same message in this hour. You say it's dry. Lord says, yeah, but still go forward. You say it's dark. The Lord says, yeah, but I still want you to go forward. You say the sure is a lot of vision. And the Lord says, yeah, but I still want you to go forward. I'm glad he's not a God of going back, but I'm glad he's a God of going forward. And I want you to hear me now, Mount Perry Baptist Church, the Lord still saying in this hour, I want you to go forward. How are we going to go forward? We're going to go forward by the wind. 
I noticed they went forward because of the walls. The walls. Verse 22 said, The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall under them on the right hand and on the left. Listen now, if it wasn't for those walls, they would have drowned and been destroyed. Now with me, had it been for those walls, they'd have drowned and they'd have been destroyed. I just want to say this and pass it by. Y'all do realize that you do find a lot of accounts in the Bible where God does speak really highly about walls. Yeah. I just want to throw this little side note. President Trump was the first one to come up about building the wall. We're going to pass on. Somebody said, no, we're going to move on. Amen. But in verse 16 and verse 21, God took what they were afraid of and He divided it. Oh, y'all didn't get that. I'm going to say that again. God took what they were afraid of. You know what he did, Brother Rudy? He divided it. I don't know if y'all realize this tonight or not, but we still serve the same God that can take what we're afraid of and he can divide it. We shall see this. I noticed God made what should have destroyed them be actually what protected them. takes what looks like an impossibility in front of them. They're looking at Moses and they say, we can't go nowhere. We can't go forward. We can't go to the left. We can't go to the right. We can't go back. We don't have anywhere to go. The Lord says, oh yeah, you do. Watch this. He just abides it. You ever had God take a situation in your life that looked like an impossibility? You just watch you abide it. And what it looked like it's going to destroy you. It came the very thing God used to let you go forward. See, you think what God's brought in your life is what's going to be what's going to destroy you. Hear me in the well. God's going to take that and be the very thing God's going to use to help you go forward. You do remember old Apostle Paul. He talked about that thorn that he had in the side. And he said, I prayed three times that God might remove it. But he said he wasn't going to remove it. But this is what he said, my grace is sufficient for me. He said, because in your weakness, I am made strong. You see, what Paul found out, that thorn that he asked God three times to remove, was going to be the very thorn that God was going to use to pour his grace in his life. It was going to be the very tool that God was going to use to keep the apostle Paul humble. You think, why in the world is this happening in your life? Listen to the devil beats for evil. I got good news. God can use for his honor. God can use for his glory. You remember Joseph? He looked around and saw he ended up in the pit. He ended up in the prison. He ended up being alive by particles. Why? And it looked like all these things were against him. But when you get to the end of Joseph's life, he's looking at his brethren, brother Rudy, and he's saying, no, I meant this for evil, but God meant this for good. He brought me here for such a time as this to preserve a prosperity. I want you to hear me, hear me well. It's not by accident that I'm here for such a time as this. It's not by accident that God's left you here for such a time as this. But God's got a divine plan. God's a sovereign God. He knows the beginning from the end, and He's placed us here for such a time as this. Many times I think about the message that we preach in this hour. I think, Lord, it sure would be a whole lot easier to be born a hundred years ago when this kind of preaching was popular. Not to. You know what I have to remind myself? Sometimes I don't know how the Lord talks to you, but sometimes the Lord just tells me to hush. 
Because sometimes it might just be my wife. I can't get the two boys to figure out for me. Half hour out, sometimes the voice of the Holy Ghost kind of sounds like the voice of my wife. Amen. Okay, you know, I'm not joking, right? Amen. We'd be honest, right? If we listen to our wives, we probably wouldn't be half of this we are right now. Come on, now, y'all. I'm in good favor with y'all. Know, y'all ladies know what I like. I like blue hair lights. But you see, God knew what He was doing. He allowed me to be born on May 30th, 1989. God knew what He was doing. He brought me here for such a time as this. You see, what they thought was going to destroy them, God was just going to use it. Let me say tonight. There was the wind, there was the walls, but then there was lastly not the word. Exodus 14, 31 says this, And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and served Moses. God did in one night, listen now, God did in one night what He had deliberately chosen not to do during the ten plagues of Egypt. I realize that? God did for them one night. God did something for them that He did not choose to do during the ten plagues. You say, what was that? God could have wiped out the Egyptians with those ten plagues. He could have wiped out Pharaoh, Brother Mark, with those ten plagues. But He chose not to do that. But He chose to wait till they got to the Red Sea. He was going to use that Red Sea to be what destroyed Pharaoh and his army. You see, now God's got to work. That's the reason why we need to go forward. We can go forward because there's the wind that's blowing and that's helping us propel us forward. We can go forward because there's walls that God's put up to allow us to cross over on dry grounds. I want to say tonight, we can go forward because there's the work. Just as God predicted in verse 4, and in verse number 18, the Egyptians knew it was God in verse number 25. Now I remind you tonight that God works in such a way. Listen, friend, where he'll get the honor and he'll get the glory. You want to know the reason why he did what he did in Exodus chapter number 14? He did it in such a way that when the children of Israel got across on the other side and seen all that the Lord did, they wouldn't brag on themselves. Hear me, hear me well. They wouldn't brag on Moses. They look at God and say, God, you're the one that did this. I do know that Exodus chapter number 15, you find the first time the word song is ever mentioned in your Bible. It's a song of redemption. They're singing in chapter number 15 about how God has destroyed Pharaoh and his armies. They weren't singing in chapter 13. They never sung in Egypt. They never saw him at the beginning of the Red Sea. But when God allowed them to cross over the dry ground, and they got to the other side, and they saw all the things God did, chapter number 15, you know what they do? They start breaking out in the song. And they start singing about the salvation of the Lord. See, you ain't singing right now. Thank God he's given us a song. But you just hold on, child of God. The days ahead. Right now you're singing by faith. There's going to come a day we're going to sing by sight. We may not feel like singing our name. There's going to come a day that you're not going to feel like singing. When every tongue, from every tribe, of every nation lifts up in one voice and sings praise and honor unto God, worthy is the Lamb that was sweet. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, 
Tonight, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, we do thank you.